0: Hello everyone, it's Chris Clark with discoff.law, coming to you today with a season-ending golf litigation update. There were several important lawsuits filed in 2023. The season now has come to an end and so we thought this would be an appropriate time to just come on here and give everybody an update as to where things stand with these lawsuits that got so much attention in the disc golf world. Let's talk about the Prodigy Disk lawsuit against Gannon Burr. This was filed on February 25th in federal court in Atlanta, Georgia. Prodigy said in its lawsuit that Gannon had breached his contract by attempting to terminate it and that the appropriate relief for the court to grant would be to require Gannon to perform all of his obligations under his Prodigy contract. At the time that this lawsuit was announced, a lot of people were asking us what we thought was going to happen, and it didn't take much of a crystal ball for us to correctly predict this was, at its core, a financial dispute. Those types of disputes typically settle. They don't typically go all the way through to a trial, and sure enough, that's what happened in this case. On May 15th, Prodigy filed a voluntary dismissal with prejudice, meaning, the case is permanently dismissed and Prodigy cannot refile the same claims against Gannon in court. We have not seen the settlement documents. We don't know what the terms of the settlement are. Based on information that we have, it seems highly unlikely that Gannon will re-sign for another contract with Prodigy. Next, let's take a look at Trevor Tonjes versus McSis. LLC. That is the LLC owned by Dylan Cease and Paul Macbeth. On March 24th, the plaintiff filed in state court in Florida, claiming that he was hit by a disc during a tournament at the Grand Canyon Disc Golf Course in Florida, which has for many years been the home of the beloved Throw Down the Mountain Tournament. Mr. Tunges alleged in excess of $50,000 in damages and claimed that he sustained, quote, significant physical injuries, quote, which were caused by Macbeth and cease failing to use reasonable care. Almost two months later on May 22nd, the plaintiff amended his complaint. This is not unusual to do. We picked up on a few notable changes In the amended complaint. For example, quote, plaintiff sustained significant physical injuries as a result of the defendant's negligence, was changed to, as a result of the incident, plaintiff sustained bodily injury. Another example, quote, defendants negligently failed to use reasonable care for the safety of the plaintiff, was changed to, plaintiff suddenly and without warning sustained injuries as a result of the defendant's breach of their duty owed to the plaintiff. And instead of just saying that the defendants were negligent, the plaintiff amended his complaint to list 14 specific examples of how the plaintiffs were negligent. Also on May 22nd, the plaintiff filed a request for production. This will be important in just a minute. A request for production is a discovery device that is used to gain access to documents, electronic data, physical items, or some combination of them held by an opposing party in a lawsuit. Now according to the court records, McSees LLC was served with the lawsuit documents, that includes the complaint and this request for production and a few other things for the first time on June 12th, 2023. A process server left the documents with Hannah Macbeth at an address where she was staying in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. On June 20th, a law firm made an appearance as counsel of record for the defendant, McSees LLC. And then a month later to the day that law firm withdrew and a different law firm made an appearance as counsel of record for the defendant. This is not unusual. I don't think there's anything to be read into or inferred by the fact that one law firm made an appearance as counsel of record and then 30 days later they were replaced. That happens sometimes. I don't think that there's anything strange or unusual going on there. Eight days after the new law firm made their appearance, they filed an answer on behalf of the defendant, mcseese essentially denying all the allegations in the plaintiff's complaint and pointing out that the plaintiff signed a release in which he waived any personal injury claims and his right to sue McSees. The defendant's answer went on to list nine more affirmative defenses, which are basically reasons that the defendant thinks that the plaintiff should lose the case. A few days later, the defendant McSees filed its own request for production against plaintiff, and that brings us all up to the end of July. On October 9th, McSees's lawyers filed a motion with the court to compel the plaintiff's responses to McSees's production request. They say that they were promised responses by October 5th and they still hadn't received them. This is a little bit unusual, and this is what I alluded to Earlier in the video, as far as I can tell from the court records, the defendant, McSeese, has not responded to the plaintiff's request for production. But now we have the defendant who made their request for production after that, filing a motion to compel the plaintiff to produce the documents and other items that were requested in their request for production. Sometimes the court transcripts don't tell the full story, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on there but as the date we're recording this video the defendant still has not gotten responses to their production request and the court has not ruled on their latest motion. As I mentioned, relative to the Prodigy versus Gannon Burr case, this is fundamentally a financial dispute. Typically, financial disputes like this settle before they go to trial, but there may be something else going on here, and this is just me reading into the situation. I think it's possible that Paul Macbeth and Dylan Cease don't want to set a precedent of course owners paying out five-figure settlements to players who are playing a tournament on their course and get hit by a disc. I think it's easily possible that the parties in this case could spend in excess of $50,000 each in legal fees and therefore it seems like it would make good financial sense just for the parties to settle. However, if I'm right, I admire and respect what Paul Macbeth and Dylan Cease are doing by not wanting to set the precedent of paying a financial settlement to someone who, in their view, has a frivolous claim. Moving on, let's talk about Natalie Ryan's lawsuit that she filed against the PDGA, the Disc Golf Pro Tour, and Thousand Rated Productions in California federal court. Natalie sued asking to be allowed to play in the FPO division at the OTB Open in Stockton, California, and her request was granted by the trial court, and she played the first round of the tournament. That night, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals reversed the trial court's decision, and Natalie was not permitted to finish the tournament. On May 5th, Natalie voluntarily dismissed LOA LLC, that is the limited liability company that the disc golf Pro Tour either conducts business through or used to conduct business through, I'm not sure which, and Thousand Rated Productions, which is the local company that runs the OTB Open. I believe that the Disc Golf Pro Tour would have successfully been able to get themselves dismissed from this case on jurisdictional grounds. And I think Thousand Rated Productions was just successful in persuading Natalie that they don't have the ability to grant the relief that she's asking for. It's the PDGA and the Disc Golf Pro Tour that make decisions about which place Players can play in which divisions, especially now that the event is over, Thousand Rated Productions doesn't really belong in the lawsuit. I would expect that those are the reasons that she filed a voluntary dismissal of those two parties. So what that means is now the only remaining defendant in that case is the PDGA. On June 9th, the PDGA filed a motion to dismiss the case. Shortly after that, Natalie Ryan filed an opposition to the PDGA, motion to dismiss. Right now, it appears as if the judge in this case has not made a final ruling on the PDGA's motion to dismiss. So that should be the next thing that we'll be looking for in this case. Will the court grant the PDGA's motion to dismiss or will the case proceed to trial in California? Natalie Ryan filed a second lawsuit in 2023. On June 20th, Natalie sued the PDGA, the Disc Golf Pro Tour, and LaVisca Golf Design in State Court this time in Minnesota. She asked the court to allow her to play in the FPO division in the 2023 Preserve Championship. On June 28th, the court granted Natalie's request. Natalie did, in fact, play in the Preserve Championship in the FPO division, which was held June 30th through July 2nd. Interestingly, on July 18th and July 27th respectively, weeks after the Preserve Championship was completed, the Disc Golf Pro Tour and the PDGA appealed the trial court's granting of Natalie's motion. Now stick with me here, this gets a little bit confusing because it may seem like some of these things are happening out of order. On August 16th, the PDGA filed its answer to Natalie's complaint that had been filed back in June, essentially denying uh, most of her allegations. On August 22nd, the court allowed the PDGA to withdraw its motion to dismiss the case. That may seem sort of unusual, but from my reading of the transcript, that was so that the PDGA and the Disc Golf Pro Tour could continue their appeal to the Minnesota Court of Appeals. In fact, that is where the case sits now. It is sitting with the Minnesota Court of Appeals, waiting for a ruling on whether they will reverse the decision of the Minnesota Trial Court that allowed Natalie to play in the FPO division at the Preserve Championship. Now, as you know, the Disc Golf Pro Tour season is over for 2023, but we do still have a couple months left in the calendar year. If something were to happen with one of these cases between now and year's end, we will be right back on here and giving you the latest news. I am not exaggerating when I say there are thousands and thousands of pages of documents that have been filed in these cases. We do our best to stay up on top of all this stuff but it's entirely possible that maybe one of you knows something that we don't or maybe you picked up on something that we may have missed. Please let us know in the comments and as always like and subscribe and sincere thanks for watching.